Welcome to Trib Talk. I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Once a bustling commercial hub, Trolley Square in recent years has fallen on tough times, another victim of booming internet sales and changing demographics. So how can the historic mall in the heart of Salt Lake City survive? Industrialist Khosrow Semnani, who bought the property last year, says he has a plan. And today on the program, we're talking about his ideas and the challenges ahead for Trolley Square. Joining us on the Google Hangout today is Khosrow Semnani. He's an engineer, entrepreneur, and philanthropist who made millions uh, creating a low-level nuclear waste facility in Tooele County. And he's joining us from his office in Salt Lake City. Mr. Semnani, it's great to see you again. Thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon, Jennifer. Good to meet you. Also with us, Kirk Huffaker. He's executive director of the Utah Heritage Foundation, which promotes protecting historic structures in Utah. He's here in the newsroom. Kirk, great to have you as well. Happy to be here. And Tribune reporter Christopher Smart covers Salt Lake City. And Chris, welcome back. Glad to be here. And you're welcome to join our conversation today. Do you have memories of historic Trolley Square? And how do you think the mall can be rejuvenated? You can send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put your comments in uh, on our page here at sltrib.com. Or you can text us, and that number again is 801 609-8059. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you. Give us a, some sense of the recent past of, of Trolley Square. It used to house trolley cars way back in the day, uh, but then a few decades ago it was transformed into a mall. Yeah, the, in the 1970s uh, some developers came along and decided to transform this sort of iconic uh, structure in Salt Lake City into a shopping mall and it's sort of uh, particularly in that time frame, really lent itself well. But number one, uh, it's just this, uh, the architecture is just so inviting. Uh, and number two, it was uh, it was roomy in there. I mean, th there were challenges, of course, uh, making it into a mall, but, uh, you know, they did it, and they did it, I think, uh, very successfully, and uh, Mr. Simani and I were talking the other day about, you know, memories from back in the day at places like the pub, which is now the Desert Edge uh, Brewery, um, you know, the old spaghetti factory is still there, it was there at the time, and it was just sort of a very popular place, and uh, it just, you know, people loved it for, for a number of reasons, but it was just e easy to get to, it was... Uh, had this 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 really wonderful ambiance, and uh, it remained popular for the sort of spot for quite a while. Um, and but then you know that it got competition from malls downtown and malls you know in the suburbs, and um, there was a, a dynamic there. This is before the internet shopping uh, really took hold, where um, it was it was popular, but things would ebb and flow, ebb and flow. But it was always a favorite place, and so it it did have ups and downs. But uh, you know, by the turn of the century, it was sort of struggling. Still, uh, still had a, a traffic, but it just wasn't as as much as it had been. And so, Salt Lake officials were looking around. Hoping and, and business people looking around to you know give it a, 
a jump start, and, and several attempts were made. Uh, and so, as you remember, in, in February 2007, a young man, a troubled young man, uh, went there on the eve of Valentine's Day and, and sh started shooting uh, and killed a number of people, wounded a number of people. And then, almost immediately after that, the new uh, makeover took place that saw such things as the structure that now houses Whole Foods, which is kind of this, you know, big rectangular uh, structure that many people don't believe uh, enhances the trolley bars. Um, and so, this this outfit out of Portland, you know, built this big. Uh, building made other improvements, a parking uh, garage update, and some other things. But uh, the bottom fell out of the economy. Uh, they were in debt uh, for all the improvements they'd made, and uh, they just couldn't make it. And so that sort of is a, a quick uh, sketch of of how we got to where we are, where Mr. Sinani. Came in a year ago and and bought the uh, bought the trolley from the bank. Okay. Well, knowing all of that uh, history, Kazar um, Samnani, I I'm I'm curious. You know the history, the ebbs and the flows. You still wanted to buy them all. Why? Well, you know, I, I, for, as a matter of background, like Chris mentioned. Uh, uh, Trolley has been a very much of the centerpiece of the community for many years, in one form or the other. And uh, years ago, uh, as early as 1969, I lived in Six East myself. And uh, when the trolley came about, and it was uh, pretty much the only mall in town, everybody hung around there. And I went there and used to get ice cream there, and shop there a little bit, and visit, and just it was just a place to be. And we all loved it, and we still love it. So. Uh, you know, I, I honestly think the uh, the uh, trolley experience is always, it will be a trolley experience. We just have to make sure the trolley is going to be there. And for us to ensure to be there, it has to preserve its its own historical value, its own historical ambiance, as Chris mentioned. And uh, it's not one of those things that you build it and they will come. No. They've been there. They just went away. We just have to bring them back. Hmm. And I think the value of uh, value of uh, uh, value of trolley is that we can uh, look at it and take it as an asset that it's uh, everything that it needs is there except we just have to clean it up and bring it back to 21st century in form that people and the community can gather around and local businesses can come back again. That's what I'm looking at. And there was an opportunity last year when when uh, this uh, uh, building had gone through bankruptcy, uh, and I could have purchased it, and it was available. And because of my my love for it, and my background with it, and my friends' backgrounds with it, I said, "I got to take this this challenge on." And I think we're going to succeed because we have a huge, huge goodwill in the community for this uh, this uh, asset to be to be successful, including. Everybody in the city office, including my friends, including University of Utah, and in this case, Solid Tribune has taken an interest, and I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, tell us just generally. We're going to get to some of the details, but I mean, what's your vision? How are you going to spruce this place up and, and bring the people back, as you say? 
Well, to answer uh, your question, my vision to answer it one is is to make it the a, what you call it a community center, an urban village, a place that it was. I'm not making any new things. I'm not creating a new vision there. It has been there. I just want to bring it back. That's one. The second thing, how I'm going to be doing it. We are really doing a lot of, we're spending a lot of money right now fixing the place up. We've got everything from the mechanical things that we have to do and, and as far as building uh, renovations. We have a series of uh, contracts that they are being, as I'm speaking to you, are being bidded out to fix the place up and get rid of the problems that exist because our place becomes dilapidated and things are falling apart around it. It's just an old building. We just have to fix it. And that's the second thing we're going to be doing. And where we're going to take it with respect to the type of businesses that they're going to come around and everything else, my view is, I think it has to be local. It has to be a lot of entertainment focused type of uh, businesses that they're going to come there. And a place that the families, they want to come. As early as a month ago, I was over there on Saturday night. Spaghetti factory was as crowded as usual. usual. And I asked one of the couples, uh, a fam family actually, I said, where are you from? Where do you live? They said they live in Midvale. I said, you're coming all the way from Midvale to Spaghetti Factory here? They said, yeah. I said, we enjoy coming to Spaghetti Factory. We enjoy the atmosphere of uh, Trolley Square. So this is a, it just one sample. I'm not saying everybody thinks like this. But I think there, there is a ready market there. Demography is right. The market is right. We just have to have the right place for it. Mm. Talking about Trolley Square, the bumps and the bruises the historic mall has had, and a new plan to revitalize the place with the owner, Khosro Semnani, also with his Kirk Huffaker of the Utah Heritage Foundation and Tribune reporter Chris Smart. And you're welcome to join our conversation. Again, send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comment section right here at sltrib.com or send us a text at that number, 801 609 8059. Uh, Kirk, uh, I understand that preservationists have concerns about uh, Mr. Simnani's plan, particularly when it comes to updating electronic signage. Uh, walk us through the sticking points. Well, what I've uh, seen at the uh, Historic Landmarks Commission meetings is um, some healthy dialogue about the appropriateness of electronic signs and electronic billboards uh, with uh, working with historic sites. And um, it, the, the Salt Lake City code is pretty clear that um, about electronic billboards and um, gives the Historic Landmarks Commission complete charge uh, with respect to design and historic appropriateness when it comes to signage uh, at a historic site. And so, um, you know, there, there have been some uh, good dialogues about um, the economics of a place like Trolley Square, um, but really at the end of the day, the public process is about design and whether or not a, an electronic billboard is uh, historically appropriate for, um, for a historic site. How significant, Kirk, is Trolley Square um, from that historic preservation perspective? What are the historic features um, that you think need to be preserved and, and valued? Well, certainly it, it is a, a very significant place in, in the history of Salt Lake City, um, dating back to the early 1900s when E.H. Uh, e. Harriman uh, purchased the Utah 
uh, light and railway company and uh, wanted to achieve one of the finest uh, railway systems uh, in, in a city in the country. Uh, soon after that, the, these uh, trolley barns were constructed, um, and they were uh, likely done by uh, widely uh, recognized and, and heralded architect Walter Ware uh, from Salt Lake City. And so some of those key features that he designed into them are, um, I think, still accented very well in the uh, development today with the Spanish uh, colonial uh, revival uh, roof lines. Uh, they're accented by neon today. And um, the open spaces inside the buildings, which I think Chris sort of alluded to in his introduction, um, that create that wonderful sense of space um, with the steel trusses on the inside. Um, and, and you still have this um, sense of volume where these trolleys uh, came and, and were repaired and, uh, and maintained. Uh, but Chris did mention that there's been some controversy on the block with the construction of uh, a new, more boxy building um, that now holds, houses Whole Foods. Uh, so has the historic nature of that block been diminished by by that structure, in your view? You know that that's a that's an opinion that everyone probably has, uh, whether or not they believe it has or not. Um, I, I think that back when that was considered in 2007, um, that process began to construct the new buildings on the site uh, by the uh, previous owner to Mr. Semnani. Um, they were facing uh, similar uh, economic challenges with the site and um, were able to show that uh, their designs, at least to the standards and the commission at that time, uh, were appropriate. Um, there was a, a very rigorous and long uh, public hearing process uh, through the city, um, yet there was not much public input. And uh, we were definitely part of that. We were trying to refine the designs, um, trying to uh, scale them back, um, and, and even construct less buildings on the site. Um, but ultimately, you know, that decision rests with the Historic Landmarks Commission, um, and, and, and they approved it. Hmm. Uh, Kasra Samnani, can you work with that building? What are your plans to do with that structure as is or um, some modifications to make it a little more um, pedestrian friendly, that whole block? Uh, we have what we have, let's put it this way. If I was starting all over again, maybe just different, but it is what it is. And I, I think uh, this asset still is very much, as uh, Kirk mentioned, is a story has a lot of historic value to it, and I think this is really what's make it attractive. That's what it is important about, and I has and I believe it has to totally be uh, maintained as historic site. But it also, you know, we have a wonderful anchor, Whole Food, which brings a lot of traffic to the place, and they're doing very well. The question is, how do we get this uh, traffic from our anchor into the main body of the mall? Which in this case, you know, it's been a quite a bit of a challenge. In other words, people come and shop their uh, grocery from uh, Whole Foods, but they just leave. But they never really take the time to come to the main one. So we have proposed something to the Landmark Commission, and uh, fortunately they accepted that, they agreed with that, and I've shared that with uh, Mr. Hoffaker as well. And uh, th there's minor changes. We're creating a walkway, which is uh, basically a canopy to keep people away from the uh, elements, the weather, snow, and everything else to help them direct into the mall. That's one thing. 
as for the sign that you pointed out, you know, the changes that we are talking about, it's, it, it, I think it's important for everybody to understand uh, what, what we're talking about, why the, the issue of the sign is an issue. The sign, as I said it today, is basically the lapidated eyesore. It's just hanging there, there were a lot of plastics lettering hanging off of it. And what we're changing, it has to be very clear for everybody to understand. We, these signs have been there for 30 years. We are not putting them up. We are not changing the size of the signs. We are not changing, as far as illumination of the signs, what, how much uh, light is going to come out of it. All we are changing is we are changing the electronics for ease of putting the name of our tenants and the businesses that are there on the board. That's one. The second thing we are, we are doing, it will actually save money because the new electronics will not be as uh, consuming as much electricity. That's the only thing we are changing. We are saying we are, cha we are changing nothing else. So the sign has been there for 30 years. And we are hoping that we can explain that also to the city, the landmark commission, which we did, unfortunately, did not agree with us. We are appealing that to the hearing office, and we are hoping to tell them that, look, we are not putting up a new signs. We are not changing the signs. We are not changing the look of them or the size of them, nothing. The location, even. Nothing is not going to change. So that makes it easier for people to understand what it is available to local businesses that are there and direct the traffic into the mall. So I'm very excited about what is happening there and the changes that they've already approved, Landmark Commission has already approved. I think it's going to facilitate a lot better, more traffic, ease of the traffic, as you said, uh, the terminology, mm. and enhances the businesses. Uh, so, so Kirk, I mean, does that allay any fears that it, it wouldn't be bigger than the signage that's already on the block, that it's um, it's been there for so long? Um, your thoughts? You know, the, um, the, the, this proposal is with its circumstance and, and the specifications, I think, is as difficult of a decision for our policymakers as the decisions were back in 2007 when the uh, new buildings, the Whole Foods building, came before the Landmarks Commission. Um, you know, certainly today there is a lot of debate uh, about um, electronic billboards, uh, it, it, where they should be allowed, uh, if they should be allowed at all. Um, you know, I think from the historic preservation standpoint, they are not a good match uh, for historic sites. Um, because really what you're trying to do with a place like Trolley Square is uh, work with the innate uh, and, and inherent charm of the place. And, and an electronic billboard, uh, while modern and maybe efficient, um, doesn't seem to match that uh, level of appropriateness. Mm. Again, uh, speaking about Trolley Square, the future, the past, and um, we invite you to join us. Um, you can send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+, or put them right here at sltrib.com. I want to get to a few comments that we're getting. Um, Lucky Jonas writes, I think a great concept would be mimicking what San Francisco has done with the ferry building, bringing in cheese makers, uh, wine bars, food shops, restaurants. 
uh, especially with Williams Sonoma and Whole Foods there, it could be a high-end food topia. But they tr pushed Trolley Wing Company out last year because of its bar license. So I guess that will not be the path taken. Kazra uh, Simnani, you said that you're talking with retailers right now. Um, are you looking for particular kinds? I mean, uh, what do you think about this food topia idea? I think it's an excellent idea, and uh, uh, we are considering that very seriously. We're actually designating an individual who's going to be doing the marketing research, right, trying to figure out exactly what kind of a mix we need for that. I think it's an excellent idea, and we've been approached by one local and another one from out of state who's, uh, who's actually done this thing. They've, they've done it in Costa Mesa. They've done it also in uh, Las. They're doing it in Las Vegas. The same kind of thing, you know, having a, a small uh, sections for food. Uh, food that people who bring food or cheese or coffee or ice cream and things. So we are talking to people like that. And uh, as I said, we, we are we are trying to develop one by one, you know, the opportunities. And uh, the whole idea of food is very very real for for our plants. It is included absolutely. Um, here's another one from Ashnaz J. Snizzle on Twitter. Uh, besides renovations, what plans are there to attract tenants for the vacant spaces? That's a problem. I mean, you you want to bring people back to Trolley Square, but right now um, there are a lot of empty storefronts there. Uh, yes, we are doing everything we can. As I said, first of all, we have to get the place ready. There is there is a lot of uh, problems that we have to clean up and fix the place both from a mechanical standpoint as well as structural standpoint we were doing that and uh, the other thing that was made you know to try to answer that question is really trying to find the right mix and match and the location for these businesses that are coming in and uh, we have a we have hired CPRE which is a prominent uh, uh, broker in town and we are working with four of their agents very aggressively uh, trying to define who are the people that we should pursue and we've already decided some of that and we're actually negotiating with some of the people. I cannot get into the details because of the confidentiality of some of those negotiations, but uh, in the very near future we, we definitely we share that information with you. Mm. Uh, here's another comment from Harold the Cat. You gotta love our monikers here at the Trib. Uh, what will Trolley Square do to lure people away from the Gateway and the City Creek malls to shop at Trolley Square instead? Um, I guess there's the economic component of this, and uh, maybe Chris Smart, you can jump in a little bit on this and and talk about the the economics. Does Salt Lake City have the the, the density, the number of people that it needs to sustain the Gateway, City Creek, um, you know, the, the shops in Long Third South, all these different sort of commercial nodes. Um, can Trolley Square make it happen? You know, I had a discussion uh, along these same lines with uh, Jason Mathis at the uh, Downtown Alliance Business Group. And, you know, what he explained was that the debate now has shifted away from uh, is there an, enough populace to support these malls because now the majority of retail shopping is done online and so you can without leaving your home you can buy just about anything uh, what you can't get is the ambiance of uh, a place 
So if you, you know, if you, if your kids want to come down and do uh, Adventureland and Gateway, then you know you'll come to the Gateway. Or if you want to, you know, drink in the sort of new uh, atmosphere at City Creek Mall, you would go there and, and shop while you're there. But so, so the point being that if Mr. Sunani creates this atmosphere that people would like to take drink in or experience or you know get out of the house where do we want to go what's our what, what's the place what we'd like to go so it's not uh, we do we have this we have had this shifting market we the downtown mall sort of died gateway opened a lot of energy shifted down here city creek opened a lot of energy shifted up there but there are plenty of shoppers who, and plenty of people who would go to Gateway for the atmosphere. And so, in I think Jason is is right on this, and it's something that he studies constantly. It's it's if Mr. Simani offers a unique experience at Trolley that folks can't get elsewhere, he will succeed. Mm. This is dovetails with a text we just got from Salt Lake City. Malls are closing all over America. Why should I get in my car and drive to Trolley Square when online shopping is so efficient? Kazra uh, Simnani, uh, I mean, that is a hard hurdle for you to, to clear. Well, uh, just go back to the question that you asked, Chris, if I may just follow up on that. Uh, the question of uh, get, you know, City Creek. The City Creek Mall is a very unique mall. It's a beautiful mall, and I've seen a lot of malls. That's probably one of the best malls I've been to. Uh, and it has its own atmosphere, and it has its own uh, market. But Trolley does not compete, uh, in my opinion, with City Creek. And it shouldn't compete with City Creek, because it can't, number one. Number two, I think it should complement City Creek. Utah, uh, Salt Lake City today, the Midtown Salt Lake City, the people who live in two, three miles, you know, proximity of the Trolley Square, they come to Trolley Square for Trolley Square experience. They sh we, sh we are trying to create that. That they, If they want to go to City Creek, they can. But if they want to experience uh, Trolley, they should because it's a historical place. It is a beautiful place. And one of the other things that we want to add, just just an opportunity to share with you, we are actually uh, in our plans. We have created a museum inside the mall for Trolley Square to highlight the historical value of it. All of the relics, all of the information, everything is going to be placed for exhibition. As well as there would be a video, as well as a place for family and kids to go there and watch that. So it's it's a part of the experience that we're talking about. As for the shopping that you're talking about, they can do. Everybody can do things on the, on the internet, which they should, and that that's just part of the reality of 21st century. But again, you cannot recreate the trolley experience on your computer. Uh, board. You cannot sit at home and enjoy getting an ice cream, walking around and seeing a museum, going and shopping a little bit, 
going in seeing their entertainment because we are, we are putting the back side of it, we are opening up for uh, the plaza is going to be opened up for concerts, free concerts and everything else. That's what we are trying to create and promote. And I think there's a absolutely, without a question, there's a huge market for it that does not compete with City Creek and does not compete with online shopping. Is uh, Kirk Huffaker, is, is Trolley Square sort of a test case to, to see if adaptive reuse of historic buildings can succeed here in Salt Lake? I mean, uh, Ghirardelli Square is huge in San Francisco, uh, Union Station in Washington, D.C. A lot of examples around the country of where historic buildings have been able to um, sort of morph into a modern facility. Um, do you think that Trolley Square can be one of those? Well, I, I think we should feel very fortunate that Mr. Simnani is, has come to uh, this project because, uh, you know, we're, we're not dealing with someone who's um, in, a, in another state, in another city. Um, you know, they're mostly looking at, at the financial bottom line um, and, and doesn't have that one-on-one uh, -on -one experience like Mr. Simnani has um, and, and can bring that passion to it. Um, I think we're also very fortunate in, in having him at this time because he understands um, that he needs to be aggressive right now. Uh, frankly, we are overbuilt in, in what we have for retail right now. We're also overzoned in many of our Salt Lake City neighborhoods um, for retail. And, and while we've had fa fantastic policies to have retail on the ground floor of a lot of uh, new commercial buildings, um, a lot of them don't work uh, because there's just not enough uh, traffic to get to those retail establishments. So as we have things like uh, Gateway trying to reinvent itself and, uh, and the new buildings in Sugar House coming online, you know, these are all also competitors for Mr. Simnani. And so that quality of experience, as he talked about and Chris talked about, becomes extremely important. And a piece of that is that the important significance and history of this site is tied to this idea of adaptive reuse. You know, Trolley Square, along with Ghirardelli Square that you mentioned, coined that phrase. I mean, these were the two most early projects that adaptively reused uh, large-scale buildings for festival marketplaces. And, and, you know, here in Utah, we made a name for adaptive reuse. And we're coming up on even that period of time being uh, important historically uh, as, as we get near the 50-year age mark for uh, just the mall use itself. As Kirk mentioned, you are being aggressive, uh, Khosrow Samnani, when it comes to this project. He may not agree with the electronic signage, but <laughs> he appreciates that aggressiveness. What's your timetable? When do you want to see things turn around for Trolley Square? Uh, realistically, we are giving ourselves about a year and a half two years, and uh, you will see change. As a matter of fact, there is a lot of things in the pipeline that is going to come about and begin to happen. And uh, I truly believe, uh, you know, and, and a number of people, they, you know, have told me that. Uh, Trolley Square was the second most visited place in Salt Lake City after Temple Grounds, back in the 80s and early 90s. Everybody came there. and. As early as last summer, when I was over there walking around with other some of some of the engineers and so on, I saw people show up. There was a couple of six, uh, three couples, six people showed up from Indiana. They said, "Oh, we heard about Charlie Square. We wanted to come and see it." So th it's there. It's there. And and I think uh, you know the the reason uh, 
Kurt calls me aggressive and that which I take it as a compliment and I appreciate that. I just love the place. I just love the place. And and there hasn't been an opportunity or talking to anybody about trolley who hasn't for one second express the same sentiment that they all like this place they want to see it successful mm -hmm. and uh, I'm hoping and I'm certain that 95% confidence that once we put everything that we want to do in that in that place put it together it will happen because the demography is there, the people there the goodwill is there name is there we're going to be working with the University of Utah there's a lot of other things that is happening here that really makes this place unique how much money are you willing to invest in this project? Well, you know, uh, depends what kind of clients we end up eventually getting. As I said, we are creating a mixture, and you know, some of them is going to come in reality, some of them may not. We're talking about, you know, initially we're talking about probably as much as three to four million dollars. Initially. Please continue thought. Okay, Kazra Sabnani, Kirk Huffaker, and Chris Smart. Thank you all very much for your time. I'm I'm grateful. Thank you very much for your time, Jennifer. I appreciate the opportunity. Many more stories on capital city economics and retail and politics at sltrib.com. I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for tuning into Trib Talk today. We'll see you next time.